When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, Adulting Well listeners. This is Pepper, a.k.a. Joshua, a.k.a. Pepper, here to tell you about Anchor. So we used to host our podcast on another service, and we had this show for maybe three or four years at this point. And we got some metrics and things, but we didn't have a lot to do with them. And we recently switched over to Anchor. And what's amazing about it is it has all the metrics for the show, so you can see you know, how many downloads you get and things like that. But it it also lets you engage with the audience uh, in ways that our old service couldn't. So for instance, we can have polls, we can ask listeners to uh, leave us messages and questions and things like that. And we can uh, put them on the air super easily and answer those questions. Just, uh, that's just one example, but there are just a lot of different ways that we can um, engage with you now that we're using Anchor. So uh this is our first ad, and it's for this service that we're using to provide this podcast to you. And I think it's uh, actually a really, really good service. Um, and if you have a podcast, I recommend it. You can download the Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Uh, thanks for uh, pausing with me for a second. Now back to the episode. Hello and welcome to the Adulting Well Podcast. I am your co-host Joshua and with me as always is the wonderful co-host Kevin and today on the show we have Crystal Moselle. Um, first and foremost a native of my hometown, my current hometown uh, as well as an amazing writer and director of movies. Uh, her most recent project is about to uh, launch on HBO, uh, the series Betty based on her last movie, The Skate Kitchen, which I cannot recommend more. So, um, and we'll talk about all the other stuff Crystal has done over the years as well, but welcome, Crystal. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Hi. We are super excited. And, you know, just talking about the show, you've, you know, as as we were talking kind of pre-recording, you and I know each other well. Um, I mean, you've really spent your entire life the last few years, like kind of getting this project first launched as a movie and now is the TV show. Um, you know, what's it like to have a little bit of downtime at your own house for the first time in, in over five years? It's amazing. (laughs) I haven't, I mean, I think besides shooting the movie and, show like all the other times um I like I've just been traveling nonstop, like every two weeks for years and years and um this is the first time that I have to stay home and I have no choice and it's been really nice yeah I mean I it's I, I feel like I'm like building a whole new relationship with uh with my family right now you know, yeah. Um, yeah. and you have a, you have like a, a, a shelter in place family. You, you have a adopted shelter in place family member. Yeah, I've adopted, I've adopted a cat 
Well, oh. it's a, a temporary adoption. Um, I, I don't know. Like I, I just haven't been able to have an animal. And I went on Facebook and wrote, I would love to borrow somebody's cat right now. And this one guy wrote back to me and he's like, I'm allergic to cats. And my girlfriend has a cat who needs a home right now because we're quarantined together because they don't live together, but they are living together right now. So hmm. I, um, I was like, yeah, bring her over. She's 15. She's very, very furry. Uh, super. What's her name? Isabel. She's fancy. She's super cute. Yeah. She's you can cute. find her. You can probably find her on Crystal's Instagram, I would guess. Indeed. Indeed. <laughs> and I, as, as, as I know, you are a huge animal lover. So, which is a pretty, uh, pretty normal thing uh, in this household. And, you know, for reference sake, I actually live in one of the houses that crystal grew up in yeah. um oh really yeah, yeah. so uh you know where our our roots uh as a as kind of knowing each other and family run deep crystal um, did you have pets when you were a, a oh child god. oh yes oh, <laughs> oh my god we had so many pets we had i mean i think when i was growing up before i lived in um 408 oh sorry i just gave the address of <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. I'm sorry. Um, before I lived in Mill Valley, in Mill Valley, in Tam Valley, um, my mom and I, um, we had I think like five cats. Oh wow! Yeah. Crystal's I, mom is a huge animal lover as well. So was it just the two of you growing up? My mom and I. Well, yeah. for a little bit, and then we um, moved to Taylor's house for a little bit because my mom and her mom fell in love. Oh. Yeah, so we were a family for a while, and that's Ke- Kevin's wife is Taylor, my stepsister. Do you feel like sisters? Oh yeah, she's like the closest thing I have to a sibling. Oh, you know, I have I have a brother, but we're not as close. He's twelve years younger than me. Mm. Yeah, like we're not as, like I love him, but we just didn't grow up together. Taylor and I, I mean, we had a seance in the backyard <laughs> to, to make our, to make my mom a lesbian. So <laughs> our moms could be together. So her and I could be sisters and then it worked. It worked. Yeah. How old were you when you did the seance? Seven. <laughs> what kind of kid were you? I don't know. I guess I, we were outside a lot. We never wore shoes. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. They, outside kid they were I, like incredibly uh adventurous yes uh-huh. like they would do like one of the best stories actually and you can kind of elaborate on it because i don't i only know the taylor version of this mm-hmm. is that they decided one day to just go to church and they just went down there was a church down the street from from us it's now a house strangely but they just decided that that's what they were going to do that day so they just went to church <laughs> yeah you know I yes, I remember we we I think we went to more than one. Like we went, <laughs> we we're just like we just we're discovering different things in the neighborhood, and we had a lot of freedom. I think that it it was a different time. Um, our parents weren't like overly crazy about our. Um, I don't know. We just kind of had our freedom, and I remember just 
like climbing in the hills, up the mountains, just mm-hmm. her and I and exploring, being gone all day and our parents just being like, cool. Well, <laughs> the hills and the hills behind like the Marin neighborhoods are just like amazing. Yeah. You've, amazing and you've been here, around. Joshua, right? You've been to this house. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like an amazing, it's, you know, it's, I think it's like, you know, one of the most beautiful places on earth. I yeah. think one of the things, you know, just, you know, and it's it, obviously I love talking about, you know, your, the dynamic at home and all this stuff, but how would you say, you know, having two creative parents and your mom being a, um, just a completely like, especially when you were growing up, I mean, she was like famous clothing designer, like, you know, like a lot of people knew her and mm-hmm. bought her stuff and mm-hmm. your dad, who's a musician, how did that sort of influence your, your your creativity as a kid and then kind of now? I mean, I think that they just, uh, there was so much freedom and exposure to creative things that I had no choice. It was like the only thing to do. <laughs> well, um, I, I mean, I, the reason I ask is because I've noticed in your your pursuit of the things that you're interested in, you kind of have no fear. I mean, like we could look at it in both the aspect of how you came to direct the wolf pack and then the skate kitchen. Like you just went after it. Like you saw these people that you were interested on the street and figured out a way to sort of, you know, work your way into their lives in a, like a truly like sincere and genuine way as well. Yeah, I think that my mom just made me feel like anything was possible at any time. Like she's so optimistic that she makes things feel like they're attainable no matter what it is, I guess. Um, So I think she always just, you know, pushed that optimism onto me I guess and I uh I don't know I just I kind of you know they they never they never said oh you have you know you should do this or you should do that like they didn't care they're just do you know do whatever you want and my my brother who's 12 years younger I mean he has a different mother but same father and he's a doctor so he did what he felt. <laughs> my dad definitely didn't tell him to become a doctor. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't imagine Charles being like, be a doctor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> um, but I think that it was just, it's just really about um, not really having any fear and just, and just believing how did that manifest when you were getting started, like before Wolfpack and all that, when you first started? Like, um, I think my big, because I always was ambitious and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was looking at what college to go to when I was a sophomore in high school. Like I was like, in, oh, I, was, geez. I was in the career center, like all the time from like a sophomore to like, I figured it out when I was a senior. I always, was very hardcore. I knew I wanted to go to New York. I, um... You know, I, I think at first, you know, at first I wanted to be an actress and then that shifted to directing theater. Did you, did you do any acting? Yeah, I did a lot of acting 
when I was younger. Um, and then I think I, I got self-conscious and that sort of shifted to Mm. like, I don't know. I, I just didn't, I didn't feel, I don't know. You kind of go through puberty and you change and you have a different perception of yourself, I guess. Mm -hmm. So I, I want to point something out here too. I have a reliable source here. Mm -hmm. You're, my book about me by huh. Crystal Moselle <laughs> okay, okay. from 1989 what is, what is that says when you grow up, you want to be an actress. Oh my God. So this yeah. isn't even like this, this is completely 100% the line. Like the, <laughs> this is written, <laughs> so to speak. Um, That's what I said. Okay. What yeah, you did. And so when you're saying it just now, like, oh my God, this is totally true. Um and I have it in your handwriting, so there's no uh, there's no doubt about it. Um, I think one of the things and the reason it came to mind that the fearlessness part of it is because there's a really strong parallel between – actually, let me back up a little bit more than that. Um, the Wolf Pack, you basically – those guys you ran into in the Lower East Side, right, Alphabet City area, just kind of like running in the street, and you – had to figure out who they were, if I remember the story right. Yeah. I've always been very curious. And I feel like when I was younger, like people would get annoyed with me because I'd ask so many questions. And then <laughs> and then I, I was like, what's this? What's that? What's why why is this like this? Why like constantly? Like, yeah. why are you doing that? What's going on over here? No, no, no. Like and I I don't know. I had this like very strong instinct that went off when I saw the wolf pack and I chased them down the street and I said, Hey, where are you guys from? Um, it's totally amazing. And that's something that I, I learned about like that instinct for, with the wolf pack. And then I felt it again when I met the girls from skate kitchen on the train. So, yeah. Well, and I think it's important to point out, like you've, you've, the wolf pack obviously was incredibly successful for a documentary, especially. And you know, you had a great crew of people working on it with you. The the people that I met that were working on it with you were all women, which is also rare in your industry. Um, uh, and I'll say that I saw the movie for the first time in your apartment. And yeah. for some reason, you and Taylor literally had told me nothing about it before yeah. I saw the screening. And I was just like, I I didn't know whether to like cry or like I didn't know what to do. I was just completely yeah, yeah, blown yeah, away. Yeah. So I like I don't like to reveal movies for a variety of reasons, but that reinforced that uh, like experience for me because it, it was so mind blowing to watch I this thing play out. You didn't know about it, and you just walked in. And you're like, I knew nothing about it. T- Taylor only gave me tiny tidbits, like little teeny, like didn't give me the full storyline. And I'll tell you, I was so happy that she didn't. And, you know, we got to see it with your editor there. It was just a really incredibly personal experience, but also I, I want to point out that you have had a lot of success and I'm totally like, as a, as a friend, I'm like so happy for you, but that film, like you believed in it so much. Like you were like, you were literally like the picture of the starving artist when that was going on. Like you yeah. put every single extra penny you had into that, you know, yeah. and that's, like you really truly believed in that project, which that's the thing for me that's like so inspiring about, you know, you as a person and your work. Like when you're behind something, like literally nothing is going to stop you. 
Do you have doubts though? Were there were there moments where you doubted that it was the right path? Oh yeah. I mean, yes. Oh my god. I mean, I had so many doubts until I finished that project because that was the first big project that I finished. So I was like doubtful about my career and didn't believe in myself for years and years and years. But you still go for it. But I, I, I think there. Were, I remember there was like a moment where I was like, "Listen," and I was talking to myself. I was like, "You could, you could just stop." Like I was starting to romanticize like different people's careers, like really simple ones, like, like, like I wow, I'd, I'd love to just like, you know, work on a farm or like just chill in a grocery. <laughs> Yeah, like that like sounded appealing to me because it's like pretty stressful to try to like make your film career happen. And then at one point, I think I just was like, okay, well, you have to make a commitment with yourself to never, ever give up, ever. And I made that commitment with myself and I haven't given up since. And I think it was helpful to work with a group of like young guys because I started the project with them and I was like, I can't let them down at this point. So it's, it's helpful for me to work with other people. Cause then I'm like, well, I can let myself down, but I can't let them down. <laughs> like I can procrastinate yeah, totally. and like not clean my house, this quarantine. And like, you know what I mean? Only letting myself down. But like the minute somebody else lives with me, I don't want to let them down. <laughs> I think that's just like kind of how I am. So it was a good um, you know, because like in my twenties, I I was procrastinated a lot of projects and didn't finish things, and and that that was the first thing that I finished and I like really powered through, and I think it just helps to like get other people into your vision. So like when you're with a group of people making something, you you kind of lift each other up and follow through a little bit more. Do you feel maternal in that in that film family dynamic? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, I think I'm so. She's the team mom for the, for the skate kitchen. Yeah. I think I'm like so maternal. I don't want to have kids because I like in my head think I have kids. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, so also the, you know, I mentioned briefly, which we didn't delve into. You've surrounded yourself with a lot of women during both now with the writing process of the, the show Betty. Mm-hmm. But also in your like your team, like your your you know you had a, a woman that was a producer with you on Wolfpack, you know mm-hmm. obviously your editor who I sang her praises when we met because I love her other films, um, a woman. Um, talk about that process a little bit because it is really rare in the film industry to have I I think so many women on a production team. I mean it's becoming more normal, but it's yeah. it's pretty amazing. It's definitely way more normal now. Like maybe 10 years ago, it wouldn't be normal, but it's, it's, you know, business as usual now. And, you know, when we're putting together our teams, like we make sure to diversify and um, make sure it's like equal with women and men. And, you know, you want to like, the thing is like, you want to give people chances and lift them up and give them opportunities so I think it's, you know, it's important. Um, I don't, you know, some people ask me like, oh, do you have a preference of who you work with? Like, no, it's for me, it's the person. It doesn't matter if it's a man or a woman. It's just who I vibe with. And I vibe with both 
sexes. Yeah. Well, and I think you're, you're the, the creativity, especially in, when in the skate kitchen, the, the film like really shines through like that's, that was like such a, obviously the fact that you got these young women to be the actresses in the film mm-hmm. yeah, and that you did the writing as like almost stream of conscience with them. Like yeah. you took situations that you were in with them and saw them in and really put it like in sort of a storyline that was easy to follow on the film itself, but also had some really complicated character development. Like it's a really good movie. Like I, I have gone into both of your, I knew more about the skate kitchen, obviously, because we did some other stuff together on that, but that's, you know, that's uh so I kind of knew what that was about, but I didn't fully know until I saw it at the premiere out here at one of the film festivals. And, you know, I think that, that like kind of writing that line and I brought some like, some like old hardcore punk kids to that show. And they were like completely blown away. I mean, <laughs> they were so into the movie um, and it touched a wide variety of audiences. And I think that's like, you know, the, the, the greatest thing about art when you can kind of like have touch points that are not just like a specific audience, you know? Yeah. Um, Thank you. I mean, I think that's, I think that's why it's, uh, I think the world and like the topic and, um, you know, the skate kitchen, you know, is an independent film independent films only have a certain amount of reach and sometimes they hit, sometimes they don't, you know, in all honesty, skate kitchen didn't hit so hard in the market. And, but everybody that did see it felt like, you know, they're like, this is amazing. Like it needs, like it needs to like be something bigger than that. And, and I was like, yeah, I don't know, but you know, I was lucky because HBO hit me up about it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and not to jump forward too quickly, but I think that's really interesting. I'd love to hear <laughs> you how you made it sound like you answered the phone and it was like, Oh yes, this is Mr. HBO. <laughs> <laughs> so also let's like, let's put things in context when you were doing Wolfpack and you were doing, you know, getting skate skate kitchen together and sort of, and getting the filming started pre-production and kind of getting these women ready to be actresses for the first time. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You also did like coaching, for Nina to do a TEDx, right? I mean, there was a lot going on. This wasn't just like your average film production and you were doing side projects to try to like make ends meet. Yeah, no, no, no. We, um, God, I, those girls, like basically, I mean, Rochelle lived with me for three months. Like Nina, like lived between my house and like three other houses for months and months. They, you know, constantly come over and spend the night at my house. And like, they were my world for many, many years. I mean, they still are like, you know, we traveled the world together with um, the movie Skate Kitchen, but also like, you know, they've, they've done other things besides, you know, press for the movie, but stuff with like their crew called Skate Kitchen, which is the same, same name, their crew movie. It's a little confusing. That's why the show is called Betty to um simplify it more but um yeah I mean those girls are like you know they're a big part of my life and it's more than just like a project it's like they're good friends of mine and 
you know, I've learned a lot from them. I think there's a lot you can learn from a different generation, like a younger generation, like growing up. And um, they teach me stuff all the time. Well, I think too, like when they were here with you, um, unfortunately I didn't get to go to the first night at the Roxy, but I got to see the, the, one of the nights over in the East Bay yeah, yeah, and they were so gracious and like, so excited to meet your family. And it was so sweet that like, they were like kind of doting on your mom and just like super like genuine. And I mean, it's gotta be a lot when you go from basically like, sort of like this, I mean, they're, they're sort of a ragtag crew. Like they all have different backgrounds and it's a very diverse group of young women who all come together because they love skateboarding. Right. And all of a sudden, well, and obviously they love each other. They're so, they're like a family and, but they were like so gracious to all of us. And it was like, when you get that kind of fame really quickly, even if it's just a small amount, it can really mess your head up. And I, I just yeah. felt like they were like super grounded and I like, so like w- watching how you interacted with them and sort of, there was points at which it was almost like hurting cats. Cause they all wanted to go do different things, but you guys had to get back for the, y'all had to get back for the, um, for the, you know, the, the pre or post, uh, showing, uh, interviews and, and panels and stuff. But I just thought they were just so, they were tremendously gracious and like had like an incredible amount of like grounded energy given their age and all of the, what was going on. You, you all were traveling the world at that point. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it was, um, God, I can't remember. Like, I feel like we came out there twice. I can't remember. You did. Um, yeah, I think it was twice. Oh my God. It was, yeah, we did a lot. We did a lot of traveling together and, um, but I don't know. They were like, I think because they, this is like the difference between, I think, working with like a non-actor and somebody who's an actor, like this was, this was brought to them. They didn't ever have to fight for, to be an actor or whatever, um, which like, I think has like, I think like the pros to it are they like it never got to their head like super grounded they still do all the normal things they would do in their life they're in college they're finishing school they're like making t-shirts at home they're you know they're they're just like they're doing their like everyday hustle like they're not you know it's amazing like I I'm I have so much respect for them and like the stuff they do is skate kitchen and they do like girls sessions and they you know I don't I I really you know I mean I'm I'm just glad it didn't get to their head to be honest yeah well now they're on like the most and especially right now I mean you know and this is like I'm not like bright siding what's going on in the world but you're releasing this show on HBO and it's basically like it's, you know, people are just eating up content right now. Right. Yeah. So you've got this, like the timing of May 1st, there's, you know, people are looking for new shows to watch. It's kind of a, you know, the timing's good, but also like I got <laughs> watched the trailer today. Cause I, I posted it, but I hadn't really watched it. Cause I'm, yeah. again, I'm like such a nerd about trying to watch things for the first time. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I like, I got really excited. I was like, Oh my gosh, this show's going to be so good. Like they're, they're like, they're, there's so, specifically Nina. There's something really like, like her personality has like a sort of a, such a, 
it's almost like she she can be sort of grating in that she's so bluntly honest, but it, like her personality just is that in person too. It's not like she's making up who she is in the show. No, she, you know, I feel like it's like that with all of the women. Like they're all like who they are. Yeah, I mean. Nina, who plays Kurt, was the first person that I saw on the train. And her, her, she is like one of a kind. I've never met anybody as charismatic as her. Like she is the type of person that if you're in a restaurant, sitting, you know, in a restaurant, like a big old restaurant, something about her voice and the way that she speaks, like people stop talking and just look at her for no reason and listen to what she's saying. Like she would make a great dictator. Cult, <laughs> cult leader Nina. <laughs> yeah, she's uh she's definitely and it, she was the same like all of them again were so gracious when they were here. They were just like and there were so many young women there to see the film and like so excited to have women skateboarding and you know like they were just all like they I felt like they were like when you go see like rock bands or like book signings or any of that stuff where there's like an interaction where there's sort of fans and the person that everyone's there to see there's sort of two ways it goes there's the 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 sort of center of attention rock star movie star whatever that's incredibly gracious and literally stays until the last person gets to say hello and then there's the people that are just like rush off yeah you know and they're totally fall into that like gracious category yeah you know and it's like those are the the artists and the especially when they get some fame that i find myself really like attracted to in terms of like not just their personalities but their art you know yeah. i mean I, I could say the same there's a band actually from close to where you live uh the yeah and karen o has always kind of exemplified that as well where yeah. no matter how many people come to the show and how many people are waiting for ha- her afterwards everybody gets like what they came for whether it's a signature or a hug or a you know just to say hello like she's she just waits till everybody's done and then goes yeah. home and it's such an admirable character you know and it is character i mean that's really yeah. what it is yeah. um she's but cool. like all of you had that at the at the showings of of the movie so kudos yeah. um yeah. um so do you do you two are you going to can you can, do you guys mind if i ask a few of the questions out of the the my book about me yes please <laughs> um so we got the taylor wanted me to save the when you grow up you want to be and you had answered an actress so you already answered that um do you remember what your favorite song was from back then um wait when was it when i was nine years now, old? the first there was actually three entries but i'm gonna go with the first one which was from 1989 so you were nine. Oh my god um was it simon and garfunkel nope Oh, was it? I don't know. It was She Drives Me Crazy. Oh, yes. By the Fine Young Cannibals. Whoa, yeah. Which I totally support. <laughs> For sure. That's a great, yep. that's a great song. You, you'd scratch, you'd kind of like rewritten as you'd gotten a little older. You went back there and, and re- had a little revisionist history, but that was the, that was the original one. What was the um, revision? Uh, I, I would have to get the book. Taylor, Taylor's super protective of the book. She wrote these down for me and then she wouldn't hit the book again. <laughs> um, I know there was, uh, God, I'll, 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 uh, I'll see if I can flag her and have her come in here, but, um, there, it, it was good. It was a good list. I mean, I, Chris Cross was in there. Oh, oh yeah. 
Bird. is one of them. Um, and then there was there was one other that I'll 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 try to get, I'll try to text her in a second. Okay, so she'll yeah, come I don't remember. Oh, I, okay. So I probably crossed them back off like when I was ten. Yeah. When I was nine. I was like at a different play. Ten was like a big change in our lives because we went from a private school where there was like six people in our class to a public school when we were ten. Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We got, that like, is a huge change. More culture. Um, and that's that's when you're listening to uh, jump jump. Mm-hmm. Yep, I, my favorite my my favorite answer in the entire book, other than the actress thing, because I just thought that was so like on point, was um, what time you get up. What? And you had originally, <laughs> you had originally <laughs> written eight a.m. <laughs> <laughs> then you scratched that out. Can you guess what your second answer to that was? 11? <laughs> exactly. 11 a.m. <laughs> Wait, Wait, that's Well, nine must have been a rough year. <laughs> no, listen, I have to tell you, because since I've been in this quarantine, my natural time to get up is 11 a.m. <laughs> I, I only said that because I've just been getting up every day at 11. Yeah. Well, it's been your natural time to get up since you were 10. So... <laughs> I just thought that was so, that was like gold right there. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh my god, that's totally crystal." That's awesome. <laughs> um, so it also said that you are though. So one of the questions was um, around um, like your your room and whether it was clean or not. So what do you think your answer was to that? Oh, for sure. Yeah, not so neat is what you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Not so neat. Not so neat. Um, that hasn't changed. I'm like, um, I'm dying out here without the house cleaner. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, I know. I mean, even like, and you know how Taylor is. I'm dying too. Like we're dying. And I, I like the house clean, but it's so hard to keep up with everybody just here. Yeah. Um, um, so it asked you talk in your sleep. What do you think your answer was? No. <laughs> you said yes. <laughs> At the time, you said yes. Um, and then the last one, she Taylor left the annoying ones off just for your, just so you know, she took care of you on this. She was, she is your editor tonight. Yeah, okay. Um, so you, it asked if you collect things and what they were. Can you guess what those were at that time? Miniatures? Yep. That's one of them. Um... Bottle. Miniature what? What's that? I'm sorry, mini- miniature what? It miniature. just says little objects. Yeah, miniature. Which is totally on point. Yeah, because I okay. still do. Um, <laughs> uh, bottles? Coins. Coins. Where are they? I don't know. I was. I actually was like looking in the basement. Yeah. See if they were there. I'm like, where's the buried treasure? Yeah, I remember I had one that was super old from like the 20s. Yeah. I'm sure. So the, those 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 were the allowed questions from my book about me, and then Taylor hid it from me again because she didn't oh. want me to get. Oh my god! She <laughs> show me those. What yeah, she- yeah. <laughs> That's she awesome. she has like a protected little thing of your your two stuff from when you were younger. So yeah. I'm not allowed to necessarily look at them. I don't I don't know I don't I don't know where they are. I asked her, and she's she said, "Here, I'm going to write these down for you." So. 
She handed me the book earlier, but then it mysteriously disappeared. So, oh my god, that's so awesome! Yeah. Um. So, are you even thinking about a next project yet? I mean, you're. I mean, obviously the the show just wrapped. Oh yeah, I'm already. Um. Well, I've. I'm also. I'm editing. Well, I'm in. We start editing before the shooting's over, but I'm making a documentary as well. Um, Oh. Yeah, I'm co-directing a documentary with um, my friend John Casby on a robot named Sophia. Right. Yeah. I remember this from South by Southwest last year. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. so um, it, do you want to reveal anything about this, or you want to kind of keep this one under wraps? No, it's it's. I can reveal. It's. I mean, I've been following um, this guy David Hansen for the last two years. And he has a robot named Sophia that he's been um, working on for like five years now or more. Actually, a lot more. She's been out in the public for about five years. And uh, I just Googled it. It's terrifying. Yeah. A lot of people think that at first. Um, But once you get to know her, she's very charming. And um, I mean, I think, you know, a a big part of the project is about like, why, why do we need robots? And um, also like, you know, this idea that, um, you know, if they're going to be here, let's, let's do it in a responsible way. Let's actually like respect the robot. So, and um, have compassion for them. Cause if we, if we have compassion for them, when they wake up, they'll have compassion for us back. Like we can't treat them like a slave. When I say wake up, I mean like when they gain consciousness, which will eventually happen, whether we like it or not. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Well. That's uh, I mean, I didn't get, unfortunately I didn't get to see his talk that year because we were slammed busy, but, um, it's, I think it's a really interesting subject matter. I'm, I'm super curious to see the, the final product on the documentary. Here's a question I have. Do you think because we are having this wonderful conversation and we're sort of promoting the documentary that the robots will be kind to you and I, Kevin, because we helped? I can only hope. <laughs> I can only hope. <laughs> I hope all robots are kind to me. Yeah. Um, so one thing I actually wanted to just chat about too, uh, you know, and this actually strangely ties into South by Southwest in a weird way too, because they had this, this going on, um, there, you did some work around clean water a few years back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how did you get involved in that? Cause you, you shot a pretty amazing, you know, like kind of series of yeah. interviews and and following this 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 village um yeah, around we, their their use of water yeah it was actually a branded project with Stella Artois and yeah. they wanted to document um because they're doing a, a project with water.org and they wanted to document um different women from um different countries who deal with the water crisis and so they hired me and I did a short on a woman in Peru, Haiti and Kenya. And uh, I think like my, 
my intention was to find a subject that was dealing with the water. Uh, wait, sorry, my computer. I like I felt like it was turned off. Um, who are her de- dealing with the water um, crisis? Um, but we're not victims to it. And uh, I think that you know it was about finding women that were you know fighting it in a productive way and dealing with it um uh yes yeah i mean the 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 one that sticks out to me is the peruvian like visit and that the village and the the just how they how i mean and they weren't complaining in any way about i mean it's incredible like i highly recommend it's they're not hard to find on online either the 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 documentaries so it's called our dream of water yeah. And it's, it's really amazing. It's touching, you know, and I think that's one of the things with art that is also important is like social causes. And, you know, we're, we're living in a pretty strange world right now. Like how, mm-hmm. how you know, how we sort of interpret what's going on around us and our, like, and how we feed back to our community that like kind of lifeblood of like, you know, art and social cause. I, you know, one of the things that I always get in arguments about is, you know, when people say things like Hollywood elitist or that person is, shouldn't be talking because they do this for a living. It's like, history is so easy to forget. Like most dictators take out the art community first yeah, because they have the closest touch to the humanity, right. Of the people around them. And so when I see, especially, you know, people that are becoming successful who are building their careers that want to do good work as well. It's like, in my personal opinion, that's what it's all about, you know? So it's it's just a great, it's a really great documentary. Like it really is. And, you know, for anyone that is a fan of the wolf pack or the skate, you know, uh, skate kitchen movie, like it, it's totally in your style, but it's like, like the, the narrative with these women is truly like, it's really yeah. great. It's There's really some touching. Cool, or really cool women that we found. And I think that like, that was, you know, I was, I think because of the instinct that I learned when I met the wolf pack, when I went to these different countries, I'm able to really like, I think casting for me is the, my strong point. Yeah. Um, so I was able to, uh, really um you know have a great casting session just walking around and meeting people and and you know feeling things out and the minute I mean I I think I had like this this instinct I was like I want to find I want to find a woman who who sings I just like got that in my head and then at one point, this woman is like walking down the street and singing and, and she's, you know, um, she like works like with women giving birth. And like, so we did a whole version of the documentary where it's like, we followed her story. She, you know, like, what's it like for a woman in a village where there's no fresh water when you are pregnant and giving birth? So it's like every, every uh, short that we did just kind of gives a different perspective on what um, it's like to not have fresh water, fresh, clean water. Yeah. And it's, it's, I mean, it's just well done. And like, like you said, it's not, it's not like a, none of the people that are being followed are taking like 
some kind of stance of victimization. They're just like, this is how we deal with this. And that, that's, that's actually part of the, I think the reason I liked it so much is they're not, they're not advocating for themselves in a way that's like, see how hard our lives are. They're like, this is what we do to deal with this. And that's, I mean, that's a, you know, it's especially, it's a far cry from, from, from a lot of what kind of how things are, are, are sort of, um, I guess, like, you know, the angle at which we look at certain things, like, mm-hmm. it's sort of like the story tells itself in some ways. Yeah. Um, but you got to find the right people to be able to do that, too. So I would tend to agree, you do have a strong, a strong uh, ability to cast people in a way that's, you know, that works, and it works for your for your filmmaking style. Um, what other projects you got anything? I, I mean, I know you're always working on a ton of stuff. So um, I'm also writing a a film with my dad about his time working in a, in a mental hospital in the late seventies. Like he, he was a music therapist. Oh, cool. Um, a very, very loosely therapist. Cause he wasn't, he didn't go to school for anything. He was just kind of figuring it out as he went. And, um, Amazing. it was like it, a very different time when there's a lot of money being thrown into um, into these alternative programs where people are learning things and there's like a lot of experiments going on. Um, and he worked at a hospital where they were, their whole thing was taking people off of their medication and working with therapy instead. So something that he was doing. And uh, it's like just like this really wild, beautiful, colorful world, and um, yeah, it's 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 a very very complicated script to write. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> What's that process like working together with your father? Um, well, I he has like a very very detailed memory so it's amazing because he remembers entire scenes of things that happened and what people were like and what he was eating and what like he just like has a great memory for things and he's a great storyteller so it's just trying to rein in that memory of his and turn it into a story that you know makes sense and i've been working also like with a friend who um who I've known since I was 10 and he's a screenwriter. So he's been helping out as well. Um, his name is Ben, ben Snyder. He's awesome. Um, he went to like middle school and grammar school with Taylor and I wow. and high school. And then we both moved to New York at the same time. And then we've just been like, you know, friends ever since. So he's helping out a bit. It's like the stories, so there's so much going on. It's like it's just trying to, you know, we're at, we're at the we're at the point where like like in a documentary where you've gathered all the footage and now you have to turn it into a story. So you have to like edit it down and make it make sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and to put it in context in terms of Charles too, like he's you know he's a classically trained musician who's like incredibly creative and just kind of you know he does like he tells stories when he's here they're like so multi-layered and just have all the details and it's like he's like reliving it in front of you you know 
Yeah. And it's, it's pretty incredible. Like I, like I, there's times that I wish I had that kind of memory. And then there's other times where I'm like, I wish I couldn't remember that, but he's yeah. definitely got that. He's got like a, a really, like, it's a really creative sort of, uh, way that he storytells too. So, you know, I, I, I'm super, I was hoping you'd talk about that project cause I'm actually kind of pumped about that one. I think it's going to be really great. Yeah. And, uh, it's such an interesting subject matter too, that has so many different, like, sort of bylines to it and, you know, underlying like stories and it could go so many different directions, you know? I know. <laughs> I'm like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it is super interesting. And, um, you know, I know that you have a bunch of other creative stuff that you've just been like trying to flush out in your head too, but obviously before it's, uh, before it's committed, I don't want to, I don't want to like make you talk about any of that stuff either. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, it could change a million times, but the world is like really beautiful and, uh, colorful. And, um, I think that, um, I, I think that there needs to be a film that, you know, shows mental illness and all the and all the different um layers and um color like shades of like what it means because I think that um people kind of say like oh that person's crazy and that's no there's it's a mental illness that they're dealing with and they're still people that's like that's like one actually my dad's brother who's a therapist actually said once we um he said the person isn't the illness. Right. That always stuck with me. Yeah. It's true. It's, it's perfect. Like, you know, just like you so, are with like an actual physical illness, people are like, oh, that person, you know, has cancer or whatever, but they aren't cancer. But the way that people deal with mental mentally ill people, they're like, that person is schizophrenic. And you're like, no, that person has schizophrenia and they're able, you know, they're still able to live a normal life. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, and that's, that's absolutely true. I think, um, you know, we're, we're sort of coming up against time right now. That's why I wanted you to talk about your upcoming projects. Um, but I, like, I hope this was as enjoyable for you as it was for us. I mean, I, you know, like I said, I'd done, I'd read through a bunch of interviews and having known you and like, I just felt like people weren't kind of cracking the, like the, you know, the deeper sort of like, creative push and like what you draw inspiration from. And, you know, it's, it's easy to see when you're around people that, you know, and, you know, but it's kind of at times hard to kind of like explain it. And I think you did a really amazing job of kind of getting in there and talking about like how these things have come to be. And, you know, I think one of the things that I really want to commend you on and sort of like throw out there is that you are constantly working on new things. And that's like how, you know, it's like, it's, it's basically like practicing that part of your brain. Right. I mean, yeah. you know, and constantly just like exercising that part of your, your being to kind of continue to create. It's interesting. You talk about colors a lot. Yeah. And what a colorful world, like your dad's was, for instance, do you think about your projects in, in colors, like in the sense that they, they would, they would have different colors to you? Yeah. I mean, I think I'm drawn to like things that have different, a bunch of different colors. <laughs> and, uh-huh. and then when I think of it's like, I guess it's like different elements that you put together as one. And I think that like my projects always have like a lot of people in them and a lot of things going on and mm-hmm. a lot of ideas going on. Like 
it my films aren't quiet they're they're right. they're they're loud and filled with lots of stuff and things and ideas so <laughs> they're colorful <laughs> that's amazing it is amazing <laughs> um is there anything else you want to throw out there crystal um oh there's my cat yeah and, and we're, we're in a we're we're in an election year here, so and I, <laughs> we we have a constant internal family, uh, text message string yeah. going around this stuff. We do. We yeah, do. I mean, there's there's just a lot going on in the world, and and you know, my hope is that your your art brings some comfort to people, and they they connect with uh, with the new show. I know that there's hopefully more to come on that, and it's just like, uh, you know, congratulations on all your success, both, you know, on, you know, obviously on a, like a kind of a normal material level, but like to be blunt, like you've worked really hard for this. This wasn't just something that just showed up at your front door and was like, Oh, here you go, Crystal. You're going to have a, you're going to win a jury prize at Sundance. And you know, you're going to get a feature full length was your second big project. And you're going to get an HBO show as your, you know, is this other next big project. It's, I mean, it's stuff that you really, busted your ass for and i know because i see the exhausted times during the holidays when you come and just crash out for a few days and you're just completely wiped out (laughs) yeah you know yeah so you know congrats on everything it's awesome it's so fucking awesome i mean (laughs) it really is thank you so hopefully you get the the time right now to enjoy it for yourself a little bit too yeah yeah it's, it's absolutely amazing even like i don't i don't know you but just like from the sidelines it's incredible i love watching uh people work hard and kind of get places especially like it's never where they expected and it's just like really cool to to get to talk to people uh so thanks for coming on thank yeah. you so much awesome yep and um so we do a quick little bit of admin at the end of every show um we uh are donating our money from patreon uh, or Patreon to um, Hospitality House SF through the end of this year. Uh, so if you donate to our podcast, that money will be turned around and given to an organization that, in the spirit of talking about mental health, uh, helps individuals with mental health issues and recovering from substance abuse issues and gives them a place to do art and music and be housed safely in San Francisco. And they have a, a very small budget, so anything helps. Um, and we have, uh, you know, Facebook and all that, all those other pages. If you can give us a review, we totally appreciate it. Um, we have a couple of more awesome guests, uh, lined up for this season. Um, we've got, a um, uh, Dunstan Bruce, who was the singer for Chumbawamba back in the nineties, uh, coming on, who's also a filmmaker, Crystal, uh, and he's a really interesting guy. Um, he's saying their most popular song that I don't even need to mention because everybody knows what it is and I don't want to put it in people's heads. Uh, and uh, it looks like we're- Do you think he'll want to talk about that? He's gonna. I, I told him I have questions. And we, it looks like we've got Ian Mackay, uh, who's committed loosely to an interview over the next couple of weeks, which I am personally very excited about. So um, that's it for us for this week. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everybody.